So for the first time in this chapter, Paul is going to talk about putting to death the deeds of the body. In other words, he's going to talk about dealing with our sin issue. And uh, it's interesting that you might think, well, this is pretty late in the day to be talking about this. But that's the whole point in regard to the gospel. The gospel reveals, first of all, what Christ has done for us and how he has positioned us for salvation in him through his saving grace, through his uh, crucifixion, through his atonement. And then it leads to how we respond. So very often, too much emphasis is put upon our response before we learn what God has done for us. And that, of course, is the core of legalism. Legalism is all about me and us and what we do rather than what God has done for us. Well, thank you for listening today. Colin Cook here and How It Happens, a broadcast on the good news of the gospel as we explore it through the book of Romans. And each year or year and a half or so, we go through this book and then start all over again. Why do we do that? Because this book, more than any other, trains our faith. If you want to train your faith, listen in to this program every Monday through Friday, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas. You can also listen to some of these podcasts on soundcloud.com slash faithquest and uh, that will even though we're not up to date unfortunately because we have some technical issues with it at the moment but you can hear a lot of the archives there so paul says then in romans chapter 8 in referring to the deeds of the body he says For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to uh, to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, first of all, we want to notice this. This is not a threat. Why do I say that? I've said that frequently. That is in regard to this chapter, chapter 8. Because if you're looking at it through legalistic eyes the law and what you must do, you will see these things in a distorted way. That's how we are. We read the scripture in a distorted way from our guilt, from out of our guilt. But the gospel has given us the privilege of believing in our salvation, of believing that God has mercy on us through his Son. And thus, and and as a result of that, we don't see things in this threatening way. Then what does it mean? Well, Paul is simply saying not, well, let's say again, Paul is not saying that God is saying, if you live according to your human nature, I'll kill you. Rather, Paul is saying, look, the human nature is deadly. It is infected with destruction. So don't live according to it, because it won't benefit you. It will not do you any good. Live according to the Spirit. That's how he's talking. All right, then. So he says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Human nature is deadly. And that means that if we should live according to fear, according to guilt, according to shame, so that everything we do If it fails, we think God is judging us, and therefore we feel guilty. 
or we think that we have no right to do anything successful or to be successful in the world or to accomplish anything because we're full of shame, all of, or that everything that we do will go wrong, therefore we are afraid to try because of fear, all of that is according to human nature, you see. And I, as I spoke yesterday to you, in addition to that, our addiction is according to human nature. So the issue then becomes, as, I me- as we have already explored it to some extent, how do we put to death the deeds of the body? Well, you've heard me say so many times that there is a terribly neurotic way of trying to do this. There are people, there are Christians who have struggles with addiction, struggles with uh, um, habits of sin. We all have it in one way or another. And if we're not understanding the gospel, then we will put to death the deeds of the body by efforts of avoidance and neurosis. We will avoid this and avoid that. If you have a drinking problem, you'll throw out all the uh, the alcohol in your cupboard. You will... Uh, Try to have a sort of drink-free environment. For a while it will work. You maybe try to avoid friends or avoid going out to dinner for fear that your friends will drink and you might be tempted to drink. And on it goes. And so you will be in a state of um, avoidance, a state in which... You have a siege mentality. You're protecting yourself. Keep all the gates closed. Keep the walls barricaded and and so on. That is the way of the flesh. And uh, that includes sometimes, not necessarily, but going to lots of meetings, anonymous meetings. There's nothing wrong in going to anonymous meetings if you go through to them through an act of faith that this is going to be a blessing to me, a support to me. But if you see it as a method as uh, of overcoming everything, then you've turned that also into another law. So how then do we put to death the deeds of the body? Well, we remember this. Romans chapter 6, you died to sin. Well, wait a minute. Are you telling me, Colin, that that I've got to do that dying to sin that you just talked about from a legalistic point of view? No, not at all. If you read properly Romans chapter 6, you died to sin in the sense that Jesus himself took your judgment on the cross, took all the condemnation, all the shame and the guilt. He died on your behalf. He didn't die an accidental death, a criminal's death. He died as a judgment for you. Therefore, you are counted already as having paid the judgment, as having gone through the punishment, as having gone through all of the implications of what failing and sin are, is rather, through Jesus Christ. You died to sin. So then, if we are to put to death the deeds of the body, we first of all have to speak to the body by faith and tell it what the truth is. Suppose, for instance, you have a struggle with alcohol or food issues and your favorite dessert or the alcohol is still in the house somewhere and you're tempted to to deal with it. You're tempted to take it. You're tempted to absorb it. 
And that creates a nervousness in you that makes you fear that God is judging you and frowning upon you. And you are very much feeling that the human nature is alive. Your body is very much alive and responsive to that alcohol or to that favorite dessert of yours while you're trying to lose 50 pounds in weight. If you try to put to death those feelings without faith that tells you what Jesus has already done, then you slip into legalism, and that leads to a fear and anxiety. The first thing then that we need to say is, Father, I thank you that my human nature is already judged and can no longer identify me as a sinner under the condemnation of death. Now, when you express that kind of thought to God, your spirit immediately comes to life. Your spirit is aware of your true identity. You are now identified in Jesus Christ as freed from the power of sin, as no longer under under its condemnation or under its identification. You are not counted as a sinner. Now, that enables you, or rather I should say that very act of communing with God, of talking with God, leads you to be able to say no to the particular thing that you want to do. It leads you to put to death that thing. It is not putting it to death in the sense of not feeling it anymore, but recognizing that that desire is identified with Christ at the cross, and therefore that desire does not have the power of judgment in it. You say, but still that doesn't get rid of it, Colin, does it? Well, if you understand that judgment is at the core of desire, that is to say, The fear of God's judgment is the core of a temptation. When we sense distance from God, when we sense he disapproves, when we sense that um, he's going to squash us like a bug if we should fail, when we sense that our salvation and God's love for us is very, very tenuous and very uh, unsure, then the power of a temptation increases mightily. But when you can say, Father, I thank you that there's no power in this because you are with me, I thank you that the judgment has been taken away and this is not the true me, then you begin to see how the grace of God, how the living, resurrected life of Jesus that you are expressing by faith has power to enable you to say no. And so this is why Paul, in the next verse, is able to say, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. The fact that we are able to speak to God in regard to the, that our, our humanness, our brokenness, and affirm that we are recognized as righteous in Christ and freed from condemnation, and we thank him that this is not the true us that's trying to bother us and, and harass us and torment us, that is that fact indicates that we, be, we are being led by the Spirit. And if we are led by the Spirit, 
then we are sons and daughters of God. But be careful, we are sons and daughters of God first, and that is leading us to be led by the Spirit. Not, well, if I get the Spirit in me and get led by Him, then I'm a son of God. No, I'm a son of God first because of what Jesus Christ has done for me, and that causes me to be led by the Spirit and to talk to God about who I am and how things are going and what I need to do with this or that in my life. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. If you'd like to support the program, please do so. It's always a tough road to hoe, or (laughs) row to hoe, I should say, uh, keeping this broadcast on the air. This is a small ministry, Faith Quest Perspectives, but it's very long-lasting in something over 40 years, and the radio broadcast is in, I think, its 22nd or 23rd year. If you would like to make a donation to keep the broadcast on the air, you can send it to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. The broadcast costs $39 per 15 minutes, and that's about $200 for a week's broadcasts, or it's $850 to $900 for a month's broadcasts. Whatever you can afford um, is very acceptable, and I thank you so very much. So you send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160, or you make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. That's faithquestradio.com. And thank you for all the donations over the months and weeks. I do appreciate it. It really does help. Thank you also for your little notes. Sometimes those notes are really cheering for me, and it indicates that people are listening and getting the point. I'll see you next time then. Cheerio and God bless.